Hey friends, I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. This is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. I have achieved a, I have unlocked a new level in my work in adulthood. Oh yeah? Yes. I, so kind of like how we go to places and talk about the things. I went to a place and talked about the thing in front of a room full of people that paid to, that paid to be there. I mean, that's nice. Professional development conference. Ooh. I know. Yeah. I had to post uh, in the morning. So I'm like, man, the uh, oh, I'm, I'm feeling my uh, I'm feeling like a little bit of a fraud here. <laughs> Just being here doing the thing. I'm like, wait, I'm a professional. This is why they asked me to do it. <laughs> the imposter syndrome is very strong. I mean, we get that a lot. I so, know. You but know. yes. We yeah. still have that moment at least once every con where we go, people pay us to be here. <laughs> I know. It was like, <laughs> it was interesting, like going to something like this and actually being up in front of the people. Right. So it was good stuff. We got good feedback from the people that were actually interested in coming to our <laughs> presentation. So, well, that's good at least. I thought so. I thought so. So, good stuff. I mean, I'm still sick, so I have nothing exciting. Um, yes. You are no. still sick. It's just never ending. It's not going to end. I'm just going to be sick forever, apparently. No I can't. This cold just won't go away. It won't leave. I'm sad for you. Yeah. You know. What can you do? I did a little bit on Oogie, though. So, hey, hey I did something, right? Right? I unloaded my phone. Like, it got to the point where the storage on my phone was so bad that it wouldn't let me take screen caps anymore. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> so, I systemically <laughs> took everything off of it. It took forever because I had to do it in batches. <laughs> right. But, yes. But now my phone's cleaned up and my cloud is cleaned up and my OneDrive are all cleaned up so look at me being productive in my digital life now we just have to do that to our drive because I know. it's uh it's it's scary baby steps i know i'm like i need to do this to the drive and i need to do this to the group and do like a reset and then it would be good and we forgot about our google classrooms they died oh, they so died. they didn't they work died. that didn't work for our it adhd brains it did not, it did not. Michi over at Eternal Mooncast shared with me what they use, and it looks a lot better. So it Ooh. might be something to look at. We can look at it. Yeah. Grand plans. So, yeah. I believe we're also using that for our grand plan. Oh, excellent. Can't wait. Yes. Can't wait to try it. See what happens. Yes. I'll take that I did something over nothing, but now I have to undo something because I... I dyed my gloves and my tights, and they dyed too dark. Oh, no. Yeah. Now I need to undo it. Boo. Control Z. I don't know if I'll be able to undo it. I'll get that, like, red color corrector and see uh -huh. if it does anything. I don't need it to take it all the way out, so that's a thing. I just need it to lighten it a couple shades, so a it might smidge. work. Yeah. yeah, and if it's uneven, it's fine, because it's oogie boogie. I was like, going to say, that fits the aesthetic. Because I will tell you the, like, brain gymnastics you have to do to create a costume... That is imperfect. <laughs> like, that could be an episode all on itself because of the amount of time we spend, like, 
trying to be perfect in your sewing and your crafting and this costume is literally the opposite but at the same time cannot actually fall apart mm-hmm. so it is um yeah brain gymnastics being like sure. no i need to sew this off because it needs to be off this way and now i need to chop this up and fray it and make it look really dirty yeah yeah it's weird i can see that yeah, you have to have all those uh, cohesive elements, but well, still solid construction. Right. And since she is essentially an original design, because there is a reference. Yes. Um. So I'm also going off of references from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of wiggle room and leeway into what's done. With this costume. Interpretation. Yes, there is. I had to buy more bugs. So My bugs. Yes. My bugs. Because I'm also being reasonable with myself. Because although it would get me, quote unquote, more points, if I casted some bugs. (gasps) Mythical extra points. Because I need some flexible bugs. um, At this point, I have too many medical bills. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) We're going to spend the money to cast a couple of bugs. Plus... Done is better than perfect at this point. <laughs> because sure. I can't submit an unfinished costume. That's true. So I actually found some bugs that were flexible. So Excellent. I need to play with like adding flex bond into the paint to make the paint flexible. But ideally, I'm just going to have to roll that way. Because it's one of those where it's like, okay, she can be done. Mm-hmm. Or... I can do these this extensive thing that I haven't done before that I don't have the money or the time for right now. Well, and let's be honest. Is there ever really like perfection when it comes to costume? I mean, no. <laughs> Would it get me more quote unquote points? Yes. Sure. Because it's yet another technique. It is unnecessary, but we're not going to talk about my, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about doing things that are unnecessary for points because it is like thing that drives me absolutely bonkers. I'll do it because you have to, but drives me nuts. It is what it is at this point. Yep. <laughs> Done is going to be better than like, and and if it's one of those where things get better and I have time, I can always do it. Yes. Later. But at least, but at least now you will have bugs. <clears throat> yes. I have bugs that will work. I can still make like a latex base for the one that has to go on my face. Mm-hmm. Like that's not you know a big deal um but done is better than not done yes done is better than not done yes which i think is a problem with original designs anyway because like you can just keep going yeah um i will say that when i was uh when i was lurping i felt like my kit was never done because i was always changing something or adding something or i'd find something or i'd get something and I was like, oh, how am I going to incorporate this now? Never ends. But then I'm like, my my character is a real person who has real, you know, thoughts and dreams and ideas. <laughs> so. And more bugs. Um, She was a bug, actually. Oh, she was a bug. She was a bug. That's cute. Yeah. Everybody else thought it was really annoying, but I had fun with it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, I would think that was entertaining, so... I think so. Yeah, it was a good time. But that is neither here nor there. <laughs> well, speaking of original designs, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because really, 
all we got done this year was original designs. Uh, yeah. For the most part. You got your car's costume done, too, though. No, I didn't. Oh, no, you did. I did not. Uh, it's my medical thing that I've had ongoing for the past couple months. So I'm just hoping my chiropractor can fix me and I don't have to have surgery. That would be great. That would or be I good. Just stop working so much overtime. That would be and great. I think so. I think that would help a lot because I did not have this problem until I switched offices and working late. So <laughs> repetitive stress. Yes. Um, yeah. Repetitive I mean, stress, stress on your body Yay. causes that. Yes. Repetitive stress injury. Yep. <coughs> but I mean, for the most nope. part, since neither one <laughs> of us got much done this year because we both had just too many things happen. What what basically got done were original design true, type true. concepts, whether that be Gengar or um, you got most of your stuff for um, Blackbeard mm-hmm. and you had Minnow and we had Penny. You know, Gengar was just supposed to be a warm up to me, like getting shit done. You know and what? Gengar That's was okay the too. Thing that cut. <laughs> so, I did learn a lot. Or about original designs by literally doing one. So, because, yeah, I mean, Oogie is kind of one, but it's not the right, same right. as doing something yeah. completely from so, scratch. That being said, we're going to be boring and talk to you about some terminology first. <laughs> um, just in case you're not familiar with some of these uh, fashion-y type terms, then we can uh, chit-chat about them a little bit and how they apply to creating your own designs um, for cosplay or other things all relative yeah so basic elements of fashion we're going to start with silhouette line color and texture as your like four base elements so the silhouette or the shape that's going to be your outline of the garment typically it's going to be viewed from a distance so like i always think of fashion runways that first impression that you get when the look comes on the runway where they've got that all that light blaring down and you can't actually see any of the details yet. You just kind of squint and it's there. Like, who's that Pokemon? Shape. (laughs) Uh, Lines are going to be created by your actual garment construction. So this is going to be your inner lines and your outer lines. So seams, pleats, openings, pin tucks, gathers, top stitching, trims that are sewn on. So... Any of those types of things. And then obviously, the straighter the line, the more like crisp it's going to look. As opposed to curved lines, you're a little bit more fluid. You got to pick what you want to say about your design when people look at it. Color, I think, is the one everybody's the most familiar with. So you're going to have the hue, which is the actual name of the color. Um, value, so lightness versus darkness. And then intensity. Um, I believe most art majors call this saturation. Yes? No? Maybe, um, but that's gonna be the that's gonna be the brightness or the dullness of the color, and then texture that can be either physical or visual. So it's typically either from the print itself or the actual composition of the fabric, like the type of weave that it is, and this is going to be how it would look. That you're going to touch it. So if you touch it. This is what it's going to feel like. Even if it doesn't feel like that, it just looks like it's going to feel like that. Same concept. Basic fashion elements. And they've got a couple of basic rules. Uh, proportion 
or scale. So this is like the interrelation between the sides of the parts of the design. Balance, that's going to be your visual. Um, usually, if it's balanced, it's going to be more visually pleasing to the eye. Um, this could be symmetrical or asymmetrical. Symmetrical balance is called formal balance. And that's where you have identical composition, essentially, on either side. Asymmetrical or informal balance is going to be differing sides, but you achieve that cohesion through like visual impact. So if you have like lots of detail in one area, or you know you've got the like the high-low skirts, or sometimes they'll have the parts that come up over the shoulder on one side, but maybe flares out on the other side. Just visual harmony. Um, harmony is gonna be kind of how that all smoothly flows together. Um, back to that cohesion. Rhythm is going to be looking at those lines and your colors and your embellishments and kind of putting all those things together. How your eye moves throughout the garment, where it's going, um, typically centered around your emphasis, which is going to be the center of interest. So this might be like a centralized theme or element, color, shape, lines, contrast. Um, the first one that always pops into my brain is like keyhole necklines because the, it's the contrast or the absence of the fabric that draws your eye in. So, um, and my favorite, Tim Gunn, he's got a quote out there. Um, it says, I have my mantra about silhouette, proportion, and fit. I believe that when they are in harmony and balance, you look great in anything. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard him say something similar to that, but that's because I used to be a Project Runway junkie back in the day. <laughs> Um, speaking of fit, I know we talk a lot about fit, especially when we're talking about like construction and contests, but I don't think we've ever actually talked about what fit is. Um, no, not yeah. the type. So of fit. I do think it's no. really important to remember that when you're talking about fit and how well something fits, you need to make sure that you're assessing it under the eye of what kind of fit the garment should have because different types of garments are expected to fit differently. Um, so most people, when they think of fit, think of like a tailored fit, which is what you're going to get with like a three-piece suit. So this is traditionally what's called the quote-unquote perfect fit. That's going to be a perfect balance between snug and roomy, um, conventionally flattering in most of your kind of classic garment styles. Bodycon is really popular with younger generations. So this is intentionally very form-fitting. Um, jeggings and bandage dresses, I think, are probably some of the more popular items that fall into this category. Uh, most of your skinny jeans, which I love me some skinny jeans, um, tank tops, some of your puzzle skirts, anything that's supposed to be like overly snug is going to fit into that category of fit. And then oversized fit is where it's intentionally more slouch, more volume, and less structured. But again, you got to use that balance to make sure that it's achieved well and it doesn't look sloppy. So like my bodycon fit is too small. My oversized fit is too big and my tailored fit is just right. In addition to that, though, what's become more popular, I think, especially in the last maybe like couple decades is what they call fluid fit. So this is going to be somewhere between like a tailored fit and an oversized fit. It's a little bit roomier than a tailored fit, but it still looks very 
well put together, but it's going to be that moderate roomy as opposed to like baggy roomy. So kind of a in between. So you do primarily see um, original designs of existing characters, um, particularly if they're going to be in a contest. Um, and that is usually if an original design is going to be in a contest, it's going to be of an existing character in terms of rules. There are some that will allow like completely original designs, but um, I think a lot of rules do this to try to keep it at least somewhat on the same playing field as a replica. So if it's at least based off of something that already exists, you have some sort of baseline to go off of. You know, whenever you're picking cosplay in general, you want to pick something that you want to make. I mean, granted, I picked Gengar because I had more purple fabric than I knew what to do with. Gengar was a stash-busting project to allow me to try some different techniques that I hadn't had the opportunity to try in a different costume. Well, and that's a valid reason to to make a cosplay. I mean, stash-busters are nice. Um, I think in general, it's good to pick something you're passionate about. I mean, obviously, you really like the color purple, or else you wouldn't have that much purple <laughs> in your life. It's just, it's kind of like your issue with I pink. Know, it, it just, just happens. happens. Like, it's not on purpose, but he's got Beryl, Hinoto, and Sinbad. Right. So, and then some Oogie Boogie, because the um, color shifting fabrics oh, from yeah. Oogie Boogie. So, I mean, it's not, it's just coincidental that. I have so many characters that required purple fabric right. in my life that I was able to use to put this together. So, I mean, you know, obviously color is where you're going to end up starting in a lot of cases. And in my case, I kind of had to go with what I had. That Well, that is the constraint of a stash busting project. And how you decide to set up the rules for that, if any, for yourself is that's something that you have to take into account. And obviously color is important as part of like the translation process. Um, That's going to be one of the first things that people look at. And one of the first things that people think of as far as like familiarity goes, where if they're trying to connect the dots between point A and point B, it's going to be easier if the colors are cohesive with that story that you're trying to tell. Right, but if I just put some random purple costume together, you wouldn't know it was Gengar, just because it was purple. Like, obviously, we had to have other elements that would give you that clue. Yeah, so incorporating those different themes and motifs, like your your little ghosties. Yes, because there are ghastly buttons, and there's a haunter brooch, but then the ghost and the poison symbols are on the sleeves. But, I mean, the giveaway for Gengar is the wig. Because the wig copies the ears and then the spikes that go down the back. So that's the the bigger giveaway outside of the Haunter. That kind of gives you a clue that, oh, okay, I see. Well, and I think the other important thing to do, too, with this, and it's kind of like what we talk about for skits. So for skits, we always say, you know, have somebody else read your script that's not familiar with your source material and, you know, does it make sense? Or watch your skit with the audio off and 
does it still make sense? Can somebody translate to you the story that's happening if they can't hear the words or the music? And I think that looking at original design elements can be very similar. So if you're looking at your design in grayscale, or you're having somebody look at your design that isn't familiar with your source material, can they still tell you what kind of the story of your character is from looking at those elements, you know, without the reference? And I think that that's important for a translation. So like if I'm making, you know, Night Armor Princess Peach, is that the story that my design is telling? Well, and something like a peach is going to be a lot easier to translate than other things. Well, yeah, because especially for something like a Pokemon, you have the the added effect where the character itself is not human. <laughs> so, Right, right. So you have the added Gajinka mm-hmm. effect where you are taking essentially something that's yes. like an animal and trying to turn it into a humanoid form. So, you know, I went for a like gothic uji vampire feel because that's kind of what Gengar looks like well and i think that looking at your design choices i feel like that translates well but then there's a little bit of a jester element because Gengar is Mm -hmm. a trickster so i kept a little bit of like a little bit extra poof in the pants there's a little bit extra details of you know on the sleeves just to kind of give that little playful feel Well, and, you know, I made most of Gengar, but I did not make, like, anything for Penny. That was almost all piecing. Well, and, I mean, obviously there's pros and cons to both. And it's it's similar to your pros and your cons for cosplaying in general. So, obviously, if you're making something from scratch, you've got more control over what the final look is potentially going to be. Um, Piecing has its own challenges because you have to find existing pieces that cohesively go together which depending on your time and your budget or sizing or fit requirements that might be more difficult than making it from scratch it just kind of depends um you know why are you making the costume so you were doing a stash buster that's that's a thing um is it something you're doing by yourself or is it something you're going to do with a group of people because if you're doing stuff with a group of people it might be easier to kind of assign different elements maybe to each character like I know one group that where one person made all the bows so that all the bows were the same and then there was that level of cohesion um, across the everybody so it wasn't unbalanced skill level if you want to make something but you don't have a skill level to make it maybe you need to buy it instead if it's not for a contest um, budget obviously <laughs> I could spend so much money buying all the things. I mean, there's Oogie right there, his budget. You know? Well, and I'm just thinking of, like, Blackbeard. It's so, so expensive. Like, so I spent more yeah. on pants than I've spent on some entire costumes. So, um, You've worn those pants multiple times That's because they make now, my legs though. look really so. nice. <laughs> Well, right. So, I mean, I feel like if you start dividing by cost per wear, those pants are going to be worth their cost. I'm also super mad now because there's knockoffs of those pants, but I'm sure sure that they're not nearly as nice as the ones that I have. Or at least that's what I'm going to tell myself because they're like a tenth of the cost. (laughs) 
But Steed and Blackbeard are a good example because I couldn't get what I wanted for Steed by purchasing anything. Like, it just isn't, it it wasn't possible. Like, I can't get what I want. I can purchase, like, a shirt. But outside of that, I can't get what I want for Steed. But for Blackbeard, it's like, oh, yeah, I can I buy can all, these, all things. these things. And it, they, none of them would have been no, worth making. No, they would not have been worth making. So, I because mean. I don't have the time, which is the other thing. Time. Well, at one point I had the time, and now Steed sits in pieces. But hey. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you're like, is that a literal pieces or metaphorical pieces? Because it's Steed. Um, <laughs> I mean, both. It sounds character appropriate. Literal pieces. <laughs> yeah. The jacket is in pieces yep. still. It did not get any yep. further. But I wasn't going to be able to just buy, like, a Steed jacket and get what I wanted, so. Absolutely. So... But that brings us all back to our lovely project management triangle that we've brought up before. So I'm just going to, oh, there it is, triangle. And that's your budget, your time, and your scope. So in this particular instance, you would not be able to purchase in a timely fashion or probably very inexpensively exactly what you're wanting because you'd probably have to get it custom made. So it makes it more worth your while to make it from scratch. So you can have two out of the three. I mean, we've covered the triangle. The triangle applies to all yes, cosplay. The triangle it needs to be like a cult of <laughs> the project management. Right. The cult of the project management yes. triangle. We Ooh, need a candle. Nice. Um, no, what I feel like I need to do the cult is of I the need project to make a like a budget workbook. <laughs> And call it the the cult right. of the project management triangle. Project management triangle. Now that's my print on demand list. <laughs> right. Original concepts. Makes me think of they whenever they talk about how there's no like new story. <laughs> and we're all just recycling the same stories, you know, every couple thousand years. <laughs> They're all the same. Uh I think the hard one for this, and especially if it's something you're wanting to compete in, um, or maybe even gain a little bit of notoriety because everybody likes to be internet famous on some level, is coming up with something that hasn't been done before or like being able to bring something new to the table, like doing a mashup that hasn't existed previously or some really cool design elements that aren't really similar to anything that anybody else has done yet. Well, and the more popular the character, the harder that yeah. gets. Well, and then you look at just art theft and plagiarism in general has, has been plaguing right. not just cosplay, but like the fashion industry for, you know, since its inception, essentially. Because you got all these indie designers that can't afford big lawyers that are expensive in order to take on like big retail. But yeah. Um, this is actually one of those instances where I would tell people to be like super loud about their designs. Like I think about, um, someone that we know who came up with this really, really cool idea and started marketing it and was able to like quit her job and do a small business and celebrities and magazines like picked up on it. Cause it's such like a cool beauty item. And then other people on the internet who came up with the idea after her are claiming that she copied them 
Um, so, but if you, you have all these people that are followers of this other person that are going on like a witch hunt saying, oh, you did this, you're a terrible person. But then you like pull out the screenshots and it's like, here is my product from before this product existed. But by the time you get to that point, you're just kind of like, here's my evidence. And then it just kind of like, nobody cares. It's already been done. They've already, you know, gone their white knighting ways and don't really care that they've now wronged you, allegedly. <laughs> so, um, so document your sources. If there is anything that really inspires you, if you think that, you know, some elements that somebody else did are really cool, um, be sure to credit them if it's not your original, original idea, um, even if it's just like a part of it. Inspo boards are like my favorite thing for stuff like this, um, especially when judging. Like I love to see inspo boards to go along with any kind of even not just original designs, but like extra embellishments. Like I think of when we did our Sailor Moon Villains group and we did our inspo boards for our kind of deco choices for our, all of the embellishments that we did. And so we had all of the, you know, musical theater extras and different types of sculpture and a little bit of everything really. But you could clearly see if you took our character plus our inspiration pieces that we included on our like inspiration page, you could clearly see how those translated like this plus this equals this. There was no question that this plus this equals this. It's not like sometimes when I have a conversation with somebody and my brain's like 13 steps ahead and then I say something completely left field. It was not like that. It's this plus this clearly equals this. Well, I will say this was when I was prepping the book for Gengar that I did not get to use because I did not go to Fusion. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, this was the hardest part because I have one of those like image brains where like I can hold full like full on detailed mm-hmm. images in my head and I literally just drew this sure. from my head. Like I hadn't been looking at photos previously and so I actually had to go back and figure out where did my brain get this from? Because obviously my brain got it from somewhere and I had to just start looking to see what mm-hmm. triggered it and I eventually realized it was it was Uji primarily that style is what my brain was latching onto. Um but you know for me it started with the sketch first and then I had to go find the like this is where my brain got this from. So that was a really weird process that I had not done before. <laughs> but there were a lot of things that were kind of a weird like this process was just very different and I think the biggest difference was that you didn't have to be focused on something that you were trying to replicate sure so if something ended up different it didn't matter as much you could be more flexible which which I think this process is that made me even more like go back and forth with that big question of like why are original designs not allowed in contests and now I'm kind of starting to see why some contests don't want them and I think that is the big element is that flexibility 
Because even if you're quote unquote adhering to your sketch, you still have a lot more flexibility in what your final product can look like than if you're doing a replica. Frankly, you can go back and redraw it, which in my case I did not do, but like you could theoretically go back and draw a sketch to match what your thought process is. Because the thing is, like, when you're doing an original design, it's there's more of an organic happening and it's not as like set in stone as you are with a replica it's gonna flow and it's gonna change a little bit so i think that that flexibility makes people feel like well how do you judge this costume that was able to be flexible based Mm -hmm. on what was happening with the creator against this other costume that had no flexibility that's kind of the ultimate like Difficulty, I think, with having to judge original designs against replica-based costumes. Now, we're seeing more replica-based costumes in contests with flexibility, where they're adding additional elements, they're changing things, they're doing things in the United States. That's becoming kind of a norm. Like our Sailor Moon costumes. Those are technically replicas, but we added stuff to them. You know, that's becoming kind sure. of expected in a way. But it does it does make them harder to judge. And in an original design, you can add as many techniques as you want, which is the other sort of advantage that they have. If you want to make this technique happen in this costume, you can do that without really having to, like, find a way to justify it because it's an original design. So, like, I hadn't had an excuse to do much with like small foam details so i wanted to do that so i made gengar buttons i hadn't had an excuse to do any like beading embroidery yet so i made haunter i hadn't found a costume that required those things yet so i put them on this costume because i wanted to play with that i hadn't i haven't had a costume that required me to do any like stamping and printing and i wanted to so i put it on this costume Now, do the things you add have to make sense? Yes. Because we have had, we have judged original designs who have added random techniques that made zero sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like any embellishment that you're adding. Like, it has to be tasteful and it has to be cohesive with the rest of the garment. I mean, it has to be intentional. I mean, even though it might not have been, it might have been a happy accident because, again, you have that flexibility with creating something Mostly from scratch, as opposed to something that's not, but... But what it... Was it, you know, quote-unquote, easier for me to find a way to add these different techniques as opposed to finding a costume that already had them? Yeah. Was I less stressed out making this because there wasn't something that I had to, like, adhere to the millimeter to? Yes. This is a much less stressful process than any replica I've ever made because there wasn't this like very black and white set of references that you had to adhere to. Expectation for canon accuracy that you have to like compare yourself against. Exactly. So there's no like taking these seams out 500 times because it doesn't match the replica Mm -hmm. seams and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, although with Gengar in particular, I also wasn't allowing oh, myself okay. to redo things more than once. Because I'm also okay. trying to break myself of that habit, too, where I will just keep redoing it until it's, like, 
absolutely the way that it needs to be, which is why I don't get anything done. Because I will just keep resewing the same seam. And you don't need to, because let's be perfectly frank, (laughs) you're the only one who's seeing it's off if you've redone it that many times. So leave it alone. Unless it's really obvious, um, leave it alone. Or I would at least set it to the side and walk away from it. Yeah, check it later. And recheck um, it later. Something else that doesn't require you to have finished that part first. So, like, if you're messing with the shirt, move on to the pants or gloves or a hat or something, the wig, whatever. Something that's not the piece that you're currently working on that it's okay if you haven't finished that part quite yet to work on. I'm sure there's something else in your costume. But that... That was a rule I had for Gengar, was I couldn't redo things more than once, which is why I also keep saying that Gengar was not meant to be in a competition, because it was not. May I put it in there anyway, just to force myself to put something in a competition that wasn't quote-unquote meant for a competition? Yeah, maybe. But it was also just easier to try things without worrying about them needing to look exactly the way that the reference does. That sounds nice. Yeah, like I wasn't super, like there was, wasn't, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to make these ghastlies and they just need to look like ghastlies. Okay, cool. I'm going to beat a haunter and it just needs to look like a haunter. Like there's not this specific haunter that it has to look like. like From this exact angle. From this exact angle. With this like exact there's, lighting and right, color scheme. Like, and- I need to put this pattern on this shirt, but there's no exact reference of this shirt that tells me the exact spacing of this pattern. Like, I just have to make the pattern happen. Mm-hmm. And that was nice because there was less stress. Overall, less stress, which made me go, I see why people are into these. Mm-hmm. Because it, it just is less stressful. Sure. But it also made me realize how much stress I'm probably putting on myself when making costumes in general. About trying to be extremely accurate, so might need to be a little bit more flexible on that, too. A little more forgiving for yourself. A little bit more forgiving, you know. I mean, I feel like we could all do that at some point. That seam that's a millimeter off might be okay, you know. It might be fine. No, I'm going to get one of those little hem things out and measure all of them. Um, I... Definitely did that with my flat felt seams on Hinotau. Oh, I know. Oh, I did the same thing on Code Goku, so I totally understand. I'd be like, that yeah. looks off. I'm going to measure it. <laughs> I'm like, nah, and not yep. going to rip it. <laughs> yep. They definitely do that with my flat seams, and they end up off a lot. And then I'm going to gently, gently rub the fabric to kind of get some of those little stitching holes that are a little too gapey for my liking to kind of calm down a little bit. But is anyone else going to be able to notice that? No, probably not. Right? It's a little bit different if you're... In an international. Is it? I don't know. Well, Is 10 it minutes. though? They might find it. Being a little bit more forgiving because this, I'm pretty sure this is exactly why I get very few costumes done is I can't just sew them. <laughs> like they need to be. Yeah, I don't know I how to do that. I remember when I could just do that. It was nice. I can't yeah, do it. And somewhere. I need to just. I don't like it. Do that. I know. I need some of this fabric to become costumes. So. There's a switch somewhere. I need to figure out how to turn it back on. Oh my goodness. I need to do inventory is what I need. <laughs> I need to do cosplay craft room inventory. So the big question usually is like, should original designs and replicas be judged separately? I mean, they're already basically judged by different criteria. 
for the most part. I mean, one's judged by accuracy. The other one is judged by, like, either fidelity to the source material or, you know, creative license, essentially. Well, and I think a lot of times another one of the reasons outside of, like, the crafting versus accuracy versus design elements aside, I don't think it's much different than... When you have like some anime conventions that only let you have Japanese source material, like the concepts the same, like they're using the, I don't, whether or not you agree with their reasoning, sometimes the reasoning is we are X type of event. Therefore, only things that are canon to X type of event belong in our contest, which I've seen mostly with anime conventions rarely rarely with comic but it sometimes has to do with like non-for-profit status kind of things too and yes and no it does i mean i understand the reasoning behind it i think that sometimes people take it personally i think they take it to the extreme because i don't think and again this is me as not a lawyer in whatever state that we're talking about (laughs) not a lawyer in any state just from what I've read about, like when I was looking into not for profits ages ago and what the requirements were for them, I have a hard time believing that just because you allow an Oogie Boogie costume in your Japanese themed cosplay contest, that all of a sudden the government's going to be like, nope, we're taking it away. Well, right. I mean, I think a lot of it more is they're trying to adhere to the, like, cultural aspect of sure. this being a Japanese animation event. Yes, and, and it's, it's the, that is the theme of the event, you know. It's, it's their event. They can do what they want with it. They can get a little bridezilla about it if they absolutely want to because that's their day. Um, I do think that Crown does a really good job of separating these in their rubric. Oh, yeah. So Crown has a separate rubric for original designs and a separate rubric for replicas. And they do a really good job at... You can find that on on uh, any of the Read Pop convention websites in their Crown section. Because mm-hmm. um, they actually show you up front what they are judging you on. Which is amazing. It's really nice. Um, so like Oogie Boogie falls into the original design category. More so than a replica category. Because you're not a giant sack of bugs. Because I'm not a giant sack of bugs, but I also only have, like, one reference. So it's not really, like, a replica replica. Um, So it kind of falls in that more the original design category. As it's inspired by Sunset Dragon's design, but then there's some added elements and things to it. But wait, there's... But there is more, because there's no bugs. My bug! In... In the openings and things, so. Yeah, and I think the points for the accuracy and the design is also nice. But they do a really good job at breaking down, like, what they're looking at to score you on versus what they're looking at for a replica. They're looking at that balance and harmony of all of those fashion elements we were talking about at the beginning. (laughs) They do. But also incorporating your character's theme. Yes, because that's what they're looking at is more composition and originality as opposed to accuracy. They've done very well. Very, very well. The last few years, especially. 
One, if you follow Crown, you've probably noticed that original designs have become very popular in Crown. Mm-hmm. They have done very well. That's been that's been becoming very popular in the Crown circuit. Um, but you're also seeing them in like the fan expo circuit as well. So they are just kind of becoming a thing. They uh, original designs are very much a like USA thing though. I've noticed I'm not really seeing them in like European contests and other contests. It seems to be very much a like American thing. Outside of Hannah Alexander's. Well, and I mean, ultimately, like, I don't really have an issue with original designs being in contests. Like, if they want to be in contests, they can. Right. Um, But you need to make sure that you are providing appropriate documentation for your judges. Because I think that, as a judge, has been my number one issue with original designs, is someone coming in with original design and not bringing any, like you have nothing for me as to where this came from. It's just, here is the process that I did. Um, and then people get mad and are like, the judges don't like original designs. It's like, no, but you didn't give us anything to go off of. Right. You, We could see your construction so we can judge you on your construction. But again, just like with the you know crown championships, we can judge other people on accuracy but if you don't give us anything about your design process we can't judge you on your design process i mean it's the same as if someone with a replica walks in and doesn't bring us a reference i have no idea if you're accurate or not because i don't know every character in existence now you know the benefit is can i can i google that yeah but am i going to no, because you didn't bring it for me. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, I'm not going well, if you to do, it do for that. For them, you have to do it for everyone. So it's like if you are going to bring an original design in, you need to bring in your process of designing as well as your process of crafting, because that is your replacement for accuracy. So that's what I figured out when trying to put a book together for Gengar was, okay, I need to show... And my process was very simple because it's not that super complex of a costume. Um, But this is where I got this from. This is why I did this. This is what this part looks like. So, like, in Gengar's book, there's actually spots where I take, like... There's the pants, and then there's a picture of Gengar's legs next to it. It's like, this is why this is this shape. Like, here's Gengar's head, and here's the wig, and this is why this looks this way. So, like, being like, this is where my brain got this idea from, and this is how this process happened. And it might look very obvious to you as the designer, but it might not be to the judges. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to to listen out or I like the side-by-side comparison where you can be like this equals this so then somebody goes oh I see that um and if you're like sketching and you're good at sketching that's fine you can show the creation process I would show all the iterations so like if you make adjustments as you go because either you like the way something works a little bit better or maybe you think of something new in the middle of it just include all of them so that they can see this is where we started. This is kind of some of our midway points, and this is where we ended. And so they can see how it kind of evolved as you went. Um, 
But if you're not good at like fashion type sketches, it's totally okay to do, you know, screen captures of your character or, you know, pictures of your materials, you know, swatches. And, you know, I made the comment about like architecture. I've seen architecture used for some design elements before. You know, if there's a particular symbol you're trying to incorporate, there are ways for you to show those things without having to physically sketch them out yourself if that's not your strong suit. You just got to bring us something that shows your process because that is your replacement for that reference picture. Because I can't judge your process if I can't see it. Because not everybody's brain works the same way. People haven't really spent a lot of time discussing how you do work in progress books for original designs. You know, we hear a lot about doing them for, um, you know, replicas, but Mm -hmm. for original designs, it's not as common. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as your judges have an understanding of how they're going to judge an original design versus a replica, it should work out fine. Any of your qualified judges should be able to judge you perfectly fine on any of your craftsmanship techniques, but I can see how there would be an added element um, if you have people that aren't super familiar with designing things from scratch, how that might look a little bit different. So it's something also for our coordinators to keep in mind when putting together their judging panels. Well, right. If you know that your convention gets a large amount of original designs, you may want people who have experience in doing designing so that they can have a better idea of that process. Well, and I would even argue that even if you can't find like a cosplayer who's really kind of heavy on doing original interpretations, you could also bring in, um, we call them SMEs at work. Um, You could also bring in a subject matter expert from maybe like your artist pool who does character designs who might be able to, you know, be there not necessarily as a judge but as a subject matter expert when it comes to things like designing characters and designing those types of fashions that go on them i mean for me i because part of cosplay is like the whole character playing element it's kind of like Mm -hmm. you know original designs i can take it or leave it for that sort of situation um but yeah it's nice to have less stress when crafting something yeah they won't be everybody's cup of tea but if it's something that you like or if it's something that you're interested in um definitely take those opportunities to you know try something different i mean our animal villain sidekick group is all original designs so yeah i guess joanna's an original design i love joanna so goodness goodness (laughs) yes we are chaos we yes. are preparing a animal villain sidekick formal group for Anime Milwaukee. So be ready. It's going to be because it's going to be great. <laughs> we'll be sparkly villains. So yes, Joanna will make an appearance at a convention. Well, that's weird. Um there's been many requests for Joanna to actually appear at a con. The villains sidekick group is born. I think I think my favorite thing is though my coworker being like, "How many rhinestones are on that egg?" A lot, <laughs> so many, so there's so many, many. so many. 
Yes. I so had to, many. To keep him updated on how many rhinestones were on the egg. I lost count. So it's a couple thousand at least. I was going to say, I think it was close to seven the last time I checked. I don't <laughs> but... remember. I forget. All right. Well, this has been fun. Yep. Much lighter hearted than our previous episode. So, hey. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know it doesn't sound like that because we're really tired, but... We are. I'm just... I'm sick again. So, you know. Again? Still. I, still. I mean... Continuously. <sighs> Alas. Alas. All right, guys. It's been fun. Friends. I'm Ash. I'm Elle. We are Lovey Cosplay. And this is Shenanigans Cosplayers Say. You've been listening to Shenanigans Cosplayers Say, produced by LVC Productions. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at Lavi Cosplay. Our podcast Instagram is Podcast SCS. Our website is LaviCosplay.com. Have a fun, crazy con or cosplay-related story, absurd cosplay question, or just something in general to share with us, email us at podcastscs at gmail.com or DM us at podcastscs or Lavi Cosplay on Instagram. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should.